You guys remember me? Yeah, I know. We're back. Listen, it's been a lot of cruising, a lot of traveling, a lot of running around. I'm happy to be back at the compound, and here we are. So this is how we're going to do it. It's the end of the year, right? So what I'll do is I'll do the ship today. We'll talk about the ship today. I'll talk about the experience on board, and that'll be kind of like a part one review to this whole thing that we just did, which was freaking amazing it was awesome it's just it's been a whirlwind you know what I mean? between the meraviglia between the explorer between going back to new york now on the uh, celebration and uh yeah i, I gotta admit it's 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 kind of good to just be home-based for a minute it's a lot i don't know what are you complaining what are you complaining no i'm not complaining i'm just saying sometimes after a lot of traveling a lot of packing and unpacking doing laundry Folding, washing, all that stuff. Uh, multiple legs to the trip. You got the train to the Uber to the train to the whatever. Calm down. So we're gonna do we're gonna do the ship on this episode. We'll do the ship, and then what we'll do is we'll do uh, the next time, maybe later this week, Thursday or Friday. We'll do the ports of call, the experience uh, of the ports of call, and then we'll do emails, some cruise news, and we'll do a Christmas show. It'll be a little bit of a Christmas show, but this is a Christmas week, isn't it? It's just a Christmas week. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, you don't get the same effect when you're in the tropics as you do if you're up north or whatever it is, but here we are. All right, so uh, that was a bit of a ramble, huh? Let's start the show. Oh, we back for another one, right? <laughs> Bags are packed. Hey, Tommy, you ready? Let's go. We going in. Hey. It's the night before the cruising If I'm honest, I ain't sleeping But even if I could, I'd be dreaming About this weekend, all the fun we about to have As we taking this vacation Always be booked on our way to embarkation Cause we know it's in store Pockets and palm trees, tropical sea breeze And frozen daiquiris, oh please Thank you sir, yes I think I'll have another Please don't blow my cover, cause I'm passing on the muster Bring a lover, bring a friend, bring someone you just met It ain't snowing where we going And the good times never end Here's the five more years, drinking beers, running Pierce, thanks for giving us your ears through the laughter and the tears. But we just getting started out here. Give us a holler if you're looking, you can find us somewhere south of the Bahamas. Getting hotter as we go, cones and we united. So sound that horn, cause everybody's invited. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruisecast Show, coming to you not quite live from the great, wonderful state of Florida, South Florida, the K Compound, hanging out out here. And we're back, as we said in the cold open, we're back, we're home, and we just got off a carnival cruise. And when I do say we, I mean we. So we had the legendary Doug Parker on the sailing. I have my my boy, my buddy. One of my closest friends, JP, on this trip with me, and uh, it was quite a journey. We also met some people along the way. How about Joe Kokomo was on the was on the journey? He was on there with us. There was a couple of people who, hey, this was a milestone. I did get recognized uh, just by my name. So I was at a brewery tour. Shout out to Mike. Uh, Mike just sat across from me and heard the guy call out my name, and just he just said. Wow, this whole time I was sitting across from Tommy Casabona. Wow, you're much more lively on the uh, on the show. Your personality is made way more calmed down in person. Well, he didn't see me on St. Thomas Day, let's say that. 
Oh, Mike, I got to say, I mean, I, I don't really know what you expect me to do on a brewery tour. You know, I don't want to interject like I'm co-hosting the show. But anyway, it was really nice to meet Mike and some other people, too. We, 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 we had a crew. We had a little bit of a crew, and we had a great time. We just had a great time. That's all I could say. And, uh, you know, anytime you go on a carnival cruise, you're looking for fun. Dare I say you're expecting fun. You know, any crew is expecting fun, but you know what Carnival does, how they do it when they did it before they used to do it, and when they'd still do it tomorrow, next day, and the day after. It's just about fun. And let me just tell you, on this one, they did not disappoint. So a lot of people, as well as myself, were sort of wor- worried, or maybe even wondering, uh, is this, what is this cruise ship going to be like? Because I have had a hankering for a Carnival cruise, li- cruise Line cruise for some time now. Dare I say the last couple of, I don't know, years. It had been a while. And I wanted to get back to Carnival. I wanted to get back to the quote-unquote proverbial fun. I wanted to get back to what Carnival does. And there was a big question mark around this cruise. Because one of my last Carnival cruises, not my direct last one, but the one before that was on Carnival Horizon. And I had some complaints about it as it relates to the way Carnival usually does things. When you're talking about the new venues, the spread out kind of layout of the show, the main theater, the celestial strings, the, I guess, pretty ultra, I guess, decorative uh, grand atrium. It just, to me, in general, was Carnival leaving behind what their calling card is, leaving behind a little bit of that kind of informal good time. And, you know, with this ship coming out, well, let's just say starting with the Mardi Gras, this class of ships coming out, one could be worried that this could be even a further break, a further uh, would you say evolution from the crazy Joe Farkas era, the wacky designs, the nightclub, you know, but it wasn't. Well, we'll talk about what it was, but I will say let's first and start for, first and foremost. I think Carnival is almost at this stage of their evolution. A little bit of a tale of two cruise lines. I truly think that you're talking about the Vista class Post the Vista class and newer versus the dream class and older. I think that's two separate things, two separate entities, if you will, because I just, and you know what, really let's call it Farkas. Let's call it pre PC and a AD and PC. I don't know, whatever, whatever the letters are. Joe Farkas. If you don't know, he was the carnival cruise ship designer from the inception of the cruise line all the way through till, I guess, halfway through the dream class. So really, if you're just talking about a ship or two, you can probably separate Carnival Cruise Line between when Joe Farkas was designing cruise ships and when he wasn't. Now, when Joe Farkas was designing cruise ships, he had no input in the fun times. He had no input in the experience. But I would like to argue that part of the design lays the groundwork for the experience. It's pretty hard to kind of have an uh, an experience like I had on the Carnival Horizon with the Space Age or Vegas style, cheesy, gaudy, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I loved every minute of it, that decor. And I think once Farkas stepped away or they, you know, they, they Carnival went in a different direction, the cruise ships got a little fancier and a little bit different, a little bit more. I don't want to say just formal. I'm just saying the, the Vista class of ships is, is, is different. 
it's it, it it began a different era where you know if you go on the carnival liberty the carnival paradise the carnival sunrise it's just really kind of come as you are you know what i mean in the best of ways possible but my worry was that this was going to be even a more evolution of carnival uh, a further trip away from what they used to do when you're talking about informal fun and what i can say is that while i do think the vista class misses a little bit they got it back just like stella carnival has gotten its groove back and despite the fact that they went bigger and better and more and more excessive on this cruise ship on this class of cruise ships they nailed the experience now yeah it's not as rambunctious and crazy and wild as those other old school carnival cruise ships that you know and love but that i i think i'd be remiss to say that i'd be in the minority by saying i prefer the wild stuff but on these new uh xl class cruise ships the mardi gras and um, i'm assuming the mardi gras but also the celebration they did they elevated the level of what would you say accoutrements that are on the cruise ship things you can do surprise around every corner these are very big cruise ships with lots of venues and they do not overly dilute i'm happy to say they manage the space well there is energy, the electrical charge that goes through the cruise ship. While it may not be on the level of those wild older ships, it's still at an appropriate level to where anyone could absolutely have a good time. They manage the flow properly, and that's all you really have to do. Whereas I just don't think they did that as much on the Vista class of ships. So let's just say that was a big worry of mine. It was a big worry of mine that they got a little too hoity-toity, a little too posh. They did not do that. So I made a bunch of notes, and I I don't even think I'm finished making my notes. I'll probably want to carry some of the stuff over, some of the thoughts that I do have from the cruise into the next episode as well, even though I'm trying to divide it by this one's going to be the ship, the next one will be the ports. Uh, All right, so they did create a lot of venues, but what they did do was make sure that they... I guess gravitated people through whatever through uh, let's just say this at the top two Lee the cruise director absolute beast did a freaking great job I had never cruised with Lee before I know he'd been around for some time but I will say that Lee is just I mean the mad he he had it all he had this whole entire cruise he had us eating out of the palm of his hand. I will say, you know, one of the com- uh, one of the common, I guess, complaints about Carnival is the amount of interruptions. And I won't say that a couple of times you're getting into your flow, you're getting into your rhythm. You will hear, uh, you know, whatever song you want to hear, it'll be interrupted by, oh, you know, attention Carnival cruisers and the Lee will be on it. But you know what? You're always happy to hear from Lee. At the end of the day, you're always happy to hear from Lee. He does do a phenomenal job. And all I could say is that I would look forward to cruising with, with Lee as a cruise director. Again, top two or three. Top, definite top two or three. So uh, this is obviously the newest Carnival cruise ship there is. It's the celebration. You would expect that they would put their best foot forward across the board, but at the same time, with a cruise ship that's so new, and I think we're talking about the third or fourth overall sailing, you would expect that there would be some sort of, uh, I guess, some kinks that they would have to work out. Um, I was also extremely excited about this itinerary. So going into the cruise, expectations 
in general, start to finish, were very high. I want to give a spoiler alert. The cruise was absolutely amazing. Uh, as I said before, a rousing success, and we will cover all areas in which the crew was a hit. But I will also have to say that this cruise was not perfect. Uh, I'll say that there were some things that they have to work on, some fundamentals, some that are easy fixes, but we'll go over all of them as well. Uh, let's jump into first and foremost, we'll talk about the food. Okay, Many people cruise, and that's one of the first things that they talk about on the, on the cruise is how was the food, how was the dining experience Overall, I mentioned prior to sailing on this cruise that this would be a cruise of food. I looked at the numbers. I took the temperature. I weighed in on what's going on on these uh, on this ship. And you could tell that the food was going to be over the top. It absolutely was. The ship and its food did not disappoint. And we'll start in the main dining room. So that was fine. You know what I mean? You had your main dining room food. I'm not going to sit here and tell you the main dining room blew me away. No, it was right on par with Royal Caribbean, with Norwegian, with MSC. It was right there. It was the main dining room food, depending upon the meal, depending upon your particular taste. I think across the board, I, to me, I know a lot of people think Carnival's main dining room takes a little bit of a step back. I don't buy into that. I don't think it's much worse. Maybe there's been worse meals. Maybe there's been better meals. But main dining room food across the board is similar in my opinion. But it was good. I had some really good uh, items in the main dining room. One thing that carnival carnival does distinguish itself for in the main dining room is the dessert i was so happy to get back into the hot chocolate melting cake business uh, and yes it was crazy because i posted a picture and i posted the picture without the uh, peanut butter people are such aficionados of the chocolate melting cake cake and they want to put that uh you know the the, the the peanut butter in there as well and they, they're gonna give you a hard time if you don't have it so i made sure i got it i did i asked the major d oh can i get a side of peanut butter as well i just took the picture before the peanut butter came but we did the main dining room only two nights so there was two nights co uh, co consecutively and that was it. So not much to talk about. What I get, I, there was there was a lot of items in the main dining room that you would see in typical main dining rooms, and they were good. I had chicken. There was fish. There was uh, short rib. There was, uh, you know, they you had the uh, spring rolls. Tons of stuff. Tons of stuff. Something you could you could eat in that main dining room every night and fully enjoy yourself. We'll move on and we'll talk about Emeralds. So Emeralds was absolutely amazing. We did do two trips there and it was freakishly good. And I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that Emeralds is the best value on the ship. I mean, you're talking about, of course, it's for pay. You have to pay for it. But the food you get for the money, I didn't, I mean, the main courses are like $6, $7, maybe even some of them are $8. But red beans and rice, and you know what red beans and rice is? Red beans and rice has meat in it too. They just leave that out of the title. There's like little bits of sausage in there. It's like andouille sausage or whatever. But very, very, very hearty. Three freaking dollars. The second time I went there, I got a shrimp po' boy. And I figured, all right, that shouldn't be too big. It's $6, so it shouldn't be too big. Let me get a side of red beans and rice as well. Now, I didn't know that red beans and rice is, is not a vegetarian dish. I knew there was meat in there, but I figured it would be like a side portion. Absolutely main course size on the side for $3. So for 
for nine dollars basically i was put into a food coma and that was a day of eating i ate a lot that day you know you get to the end of the cruise and you've tried a lot of stuff and you try to eat like a normal human being but then on day you know the the sea days coming back you realize there was a lot of stuff left you hadn't tried because like i said this this ship is an absolute foodie's dream so what did we get? We got the sausage balls at uh, Emeralds. Tony's video on Lolita Loca inspired me. I was like, probably never going to see the inside of Emeralds. But I saw that it was basically almost like a fast, casual format. What you do is you go up, you order at the counter, you take a number, and you sit down, and then they find your table based on the number you're holding uh, on the little stick with the uh, podium that they have that you put there. And it is the experience is quick, it's delicious. The value is there to me. If you're going on the carnival celebration, I guess the Mardi Gras too, that is by far the best value on the ship uh, for the for the for the things you have to pay for. We also did shebang, and you know, I was a little dis I, I was it, to me it was a little deceptive. I thought Shebang, they said it's a Mexican slash Chinese restaurant. I was expecting some fusion dishes. I was expecting there to be, uh, you know, some of delicious Asian cuisine mixed with some, you know, Central American cuisine as well. Sort of like a, a chef that may have kind of taken some chances and fused the two types of cuisine together in certain dishes. That's not what you got. What you got was you could order Chinese or you can order Mexican. And you know what? That's fine. It, w- it was absolutely fine, too. Uh, really, really, really good. Uh, I went with the Asian side because I, when I'm on a carnival cruise, I want to choose. Uh, I want to be loyal and faithful to the Blue Iguana Cantina. So that's where I get my Mexican fix with uh, from. I mean, to me, I like modern mexican i like new mexican sit down experience with the well thought out you know and the good presentation but my favorite type of mexican is just good old-fashioned simple street food style stuff like tacos burritos tortas this and that so that's that's what i was going to do when it came to the mexican so and also uh i've never had chinese food on a cruise ship so let's do it so that's what i did it was absolutely delicious we had the pork belly i had the uh the, the uh, Kung Pao chicken, the noodles were good. Uh, everything was good. Like, it was all good. It was really, really good. Chibang was phenomenal. I thought it was good. Some people, uh, there's been some iffy reviews on Chibang, and I'm not saying that you know they're not justified, but my particular experience at Chibang was really, really good. We also did Guy's Pig and Anchor, the barbecue side of it, and I got to give that a pretty good. Let's give it a pretty good. Okay, barbecue is always going to be tough in general. You got to really know what you're doing to make good barbecue. It's especially tough to do on a cruise. Now, let's say, like I said, it's pretty good. So I'm not complaining. I'm just saying it didn't blow me away. One thing you have to realize, uh, as you always hear in the mustard drill, is that the worst enemy to any cruise ship is fire. And really to have good barbecue, you need smoke. And to get real authentic smoke, you need fire. And uh, that you're just not going to get. So everything basically that's heated, that's hot on the cruise ship is pretty much done through steam. There's an exception that I know of in the uh, in the, in the hibachi room, in the, hiba- in the, in the teppanyaki. Yes, you see little 
quick little flames. Yes, the fire suppression system is at the ready and very effective and regularly tested. So that is the only area where you really see a, a, a flame is at the teppanyaki a lot of times. But so you can't just let an open flame smoke meat for 12 hours like you would at a good on-land barbecue joint. The other challenge when it comes to barbecue is that, you know, it's just it takes so long to cook. You can't obviously make it to order. So it's all in the hold. You got to get that sweet spot, that time where it's been held a little while, but not too long because you, you, you know, you make it, you cook it, it tastes, what is it? You, you can smoke meat for three or four hours and get that real kind of tender feel. You could, a lot of people do it for 12 hours, but either way you're getting at any point, you're getting meat that has been sitting around for a little while. You know what I mean? So no matter what, depending upon how long it's been held, you have to kind of, I guess, gauge that into how you're judging whether or not this is a, uh, let's just say what it is. It's not competition level barbecue. Uh, And uh, so there are two versions of Guy's Pig and Anchor. You can get it kind of like complimentary style, cafeteria or buffet style where they'll serve it to you for lunch uh, outside on the uh, promenade or you can get it as the sit-down restaurant where the dishes are a little bit more i guess it's still the same thing to be honest with you i'm not gonna lie you watch them preparing it and the chefs that are behind the line there they're basically taking it from pans that are they're being held you know what i mean it's food that's being held it's not cooked to order but i guess the way they presented or some of the side items they might be a little bit fresher than they would have otherwise been if you had gotten it at the walk-up style but it was good like i said we'll give guys a pretty good maybe we'll give it a really good if you're going to consider the fact that they're trying to do something very difficult uh, on a cruise ship that's meant to be done on land uh the steakhouse fahrenheit 555 you've heard me say on this show at nauseum that this is the best steak that's at sea. And once again, they did it. Carnival is the best at steak, and they keep that title. I got the cowboy ribeye. I got some risotto. I got some stuffed mushrooms. The steak is just phenomenal. Steak is absolutely phenomenal. We all loved it. Uh, you know, it, it was between the... You know, they got the filet, they have the strip, they have the, I'm always the, I'm always the ribeye guy, you know what I mean? And I like the bone in, you get the bone in for the flavor as well. So we talked about just now some of the restaurants that we did full service, sit down restaurants, but here is where carnival shines. And to me, it's not even close. When you talk about the fast casual experience, what I mean by that is when you walk up to a counter, whether it's upstairs on the Lido deck or it's downstairs uh, in, in, in the uh, on deck eight, wherever it is, nobody does fast casual walk up food like Carnival. And to me, you don't have to ever enter a restaurant on a Carnival cruise ship. Now, you know what? They were always strong at that. But on this particular cruise ship, I can't. Uh, they they give us such a gift of all this free food that you could walk around and fill yourself up on. Now it's almost too much. It is too much if you don't have any self control, like a fellow like myself. But we're gonna start with Shaq's Big Chicken. Uh, you could tell they branded it, trying to make it look a little bit like Popeyes with the color of the uh, the color scheme of the logo. That's what they were kind of going for a little bit. But what I will say is that it blows Popeyes away. I mean, 
There's about four or five different sandwiches you could choose choose from. You can get tenders. I have no idea how Shaq or Shaq's mom or whoever Shaq and his mom are paying to put this recipe together. Yes, it was held as well. You could look back there and see that it was chicken that was being held. But you bite into these sandwiches and they're these big, thick pieces of chicken breast breaded to perfection with the, this out of this world breading. But more importantly, they nail how to keep it. And I, don't, I know people don't like the word moist, but it was moist. It was tender and the flavor was through the freaking roof. They had like a regular style, maybe the shack attack. They had the, uh, uh, they had a bunch of different ones. They had one with bacon. They had, a, it, it was freaking phenomenal. I mean, Shaq's Big Chicken, make that one of your first stops because you're going to go there on the first day or so and you're going to want to go back again. I can tell you that right now. I also did the Blue Iguana Cantina. You're not going to catch me on a Carnival cruise ship and not go to the uh, Blue Iguana Cantina because uh, first time I did it, I did the Huevos Rancheros. I did the uh, for breakfast. And then a couple of days later, yes, I got the tacos. And yes, the burritos are phenomenal. Okay, the burritos are really good. And I don't know how they get those tortillas done, but all I do know is that with the tacos, they have a system where they're dropping little balls of dough into a machine, and that machine is spitting out fresh tortillas. You can get the pork option, you can get the chicken option, or you can get the fish option. All of them are freaking phenomenal. Really, really good. Let's take it down to deck eight. So on deck eight, so a little bit of a different thing for the pizza. They're not doing it on the pool deck anymore. They do it on deck eight. And uh, they have a pizza concept called Miami Slice. Oh, my gosh. So I said a couple of weeks ago that the Meraviglia had taken the title of Best Pizza at Sea from Carnival. Uh, I'm going to keep it there. I'm going to keep it where it was when I said the Meraviglia, but it's so freaking close. To me, Carnival beat them when it comes to simply tomato sauce. Okay? Hold on. Am I rethinking this? Well, Carnival has variety. Carnival has six different types of pizza. Where Meraviglia, MSC, only has three different types of pizza. What I'll give to Meraviglia is the crust. The crust and uh, the Meraviglia is better. A little more crispy, a little more substantial the way I like it. Uh, but Carnival has good crust too. The sauce with Carnival was phenomenal. And you can get five or six different types of pizza with Carnival. They did away with the fungi, the fungi, which I liked. But they had the Quattro Fromage still there. They have the regular still there. They have a, a Cuban kind of style with little chunks of ham and onions and they also have a um they had a it sounds disgusting but they had a cheeseburger or ground ground beef or cheeseburger style pizza which was really good actually so carnival pizza I don't know, let's call it even all right carnival pizza they called it miami slice it was absolutely delicious uh then we're going to take it over to what was the carnival deli they now call it the Deco Deli because this ship was going with a Miami theme and uh, Deco Drive or, you know, Art Deco was the type of architecture that's most prevalent in Miami. And this is, again, like the deli always was. They made it even freaking better 
a huge sleeper. I mean, 12 to 15 different types of sandwiches, American style, Cuban style. They have a meatball sub, different types of bread. You'll see in the tour video, they display it all. It's all too good. All these freaking sandwiches are phenomenal. They're great. I mean, it's it's out of control what, what Carnival does with the walk-up food. And then they took it to another level by basically giving a little bit of a food truck experience upstairs, back up on the Lido, directly across from the Blue Iguana Cantina. They have a concept called Street Eats. And Street Eats is three mini restaurants, almost food truck style, that basically offer one item each every day. And they'll switch it up every day. So you have time fries, and that's just french fries. That's I mean, it's ambitious to give an entire, albeit small, venue to just french fries. But, you know, I saw loaded fries up there. I saw carbonara fries up there. I think I saw a buffalo, whatever. Fry. The different types of french fry setups for you. You don't order. You don't have a menu. You don't do anything. You walk up, and you say you'd like one, and you take it. Next up is Steam Dream. A lot of this was, uh, you know, you'll have like um, those buns, those pork buns or whatever it is, different types of things, some some dumplings. Uh, one day I had like what, what it seemed to be like a, I don't know, almost like a tamale type of thing. I bit into it. It tasted like, it was interesting. It was interesting. It was, most of it was good, but over the, all in all, it was interesting. And then you have Off the Sizzle, and uh, that was just basically... Um, you know, different types of, they, there were dumplings there. There was one day there was, uh, there was, there was pad thai there just in small little dishes that were almost like appetizer or even smaller than appetizer size. Yeah. You can get as many as you want. You can go up as many times as you want, but, uh, yeah, it was just small little, I guess, slight little finger food appetizer stuff, not finger food, just very small, small portions that you can enjoy as much as you want. But Every day was pretty good. Really, really good. Uh, again, free. Of course, we did Guy's Burger. Guy's Burger never disappoints. I had two in one day. Uh, the Guy's Burger setup was really, really good. It was up on deck. I believe it was 17. And uh, what they did was basically make more space behind the counter. And they made more of an area to be able to organize a line because you're used to Guy's Burger, how it's just off to the side of the pool deck where they used to have the regular, I guess, the grill. And, you know, it was never this mob scene where people had to line up for these burgers and go nuts for these burgers. But then they put guys in there. People seem to really like guys. So that created a, an environment for congestions. And uh, now they did that. They they did away with that by putting it away from the Lido deck a little bit. They gave it its own little room set back from the Lido deck. You have to kind of go there and find it, which is smart because you're in a carnival cruise now. The older ships, when guys was just kind of coming onto the scene, you wanted it front and center so people knew it was there. If you're a carnival cruiser, everybody knows about guys. So they'll walk a little bit. They'll, you know, they'll look behind a few doors to make sure that they go and find it. And that's what you have to do now. You have to kind of go up onto deck 17 behind the Red Frog Rum Bar. And it is an area where, let's just say, real estate is not at much, as much of a premium. So they have a little bit more space to work with. Bigger counter space for the guys to work back there and bang out those delicious burgers and more of an area for you to be able to line up and be a little bit more comfortable. So the flow is a lot better. 
and then yes there's also more seating i mean the thing is awesome also i'll have to go back that reminded me talking about the miami slice i was always of the uh conspiracy elk saying that um ilk elk is it elk or elk elk is a elk elk is a animal ilk let's go ilk i was i was a conspiracy theorist with the carnival pizza and i truly still believe that they would try to slow down the line because of the fact that they just you know they just didn't want to keep banging out these pizzas they could have made those pizzas uh they could have just i mean just kept churning them out and getting rid of them just as fast as people walked up but they seem to be product conscious and they would let a line develop and as we said this would deter people from standing on the line and they save product and everybody goes to bed early so that is not what's going on at miami slice now the line at some points can be very very long but i do have to say that they do staff the venue very very well and the only reason the line is long is because this pizza is so popular the other reason is and we'll talk about this a little bit later is because there's no other options at a certain time but yeah so the pizza is phenomenal all right so that's it for the food that i had now let's talk about what i did not get to while on board this sailing i did not make it to the seafood shack yeah i skipped it you know you do have to pay for it and what is it shrimp it's oysters it's crab legs yeah very very good for some fried options as well i had it once i've had it back in the day and i did enjoy it but at the same time when there's so much food on board this cruise ship you don't necessarily have to shell (laughs) shell no pun intended you don't necessarily have to shell out a bunch of food that you can very readily get on land that really is not that much different i wish i had done rudy's seagrill that room looked amazing you know the reason i didn't do rudy's was because i wasn't going to go nuts with specialty dining and if i was going to pick and choose i wasn't going to do seafood you know what i mean some seafood is i love seafood i do enjoy it but i don't know i guess the uh <laughs> the pig and anchor in me uh kept me towards food that would be a little less uh, what would you like to call it more filling similar situation with the sushi and the teppanyaki did not do any of the japanese options you know that's a lot of stuff that's readily available on land and uh you know we just i just didn't get to it now, here's the one I wanted to get to that I did not get to. It's the Cucina del Capitan. It is the Italian restaurant. It's complimentary on board the Excel class ships. And we just, we had, a, we had a, a plan to do it on night seven. We were going to do it, but the, uh, that's the night that uh, we got a head start with the drinking. And uh, that's the night that I went rogue and did emeralds while I was waiting around for somebody. I got overserved food and emeralds, like I mentioned before. I thought I was going to get a, maybe a po' boy, maybe I'll eat half of it and a couple of bites of the red beans and rice. But both of them were delectable, so I wasn't gonna put, I wasn't gonna turn them away. I wasn't gonna throw them away. And the portions were a lot bigger than I thought they would be, so. That kind of had me filled up, and I just wasn't hungry by the 10 o'clock or 9 o'clock or whenever the last seating would be at Cucina del Capitan, so that never happened. Obviously, I didn't do the chef's table. I typically don't do the chef's table, although it is sort of a bucket list. I wouldn't call it a bucket list. Maybe maybe, a, maybe a mug list. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. But what I'm saying is, is that 
I kind of want to experience the chef's table, but I do not want to get hijacked for my time in the two to three hours. Or I think at least I think it's more than two hours. I think it's close to three hours that it takes to the go th- to go through the whole experience, despite the raves that I've heard about it. Uh, here's the one. Well, I say I didn't have it, but it looked really, really good. I I really should have at some point. The Java, the coffee lounge. What is it? Java Coffee, the Java Cafe has real deal sandwiches. I don't know why. I don't know why Java Cafe has Philly cheesesteak and things like that. Items that are actually substantial, really, really good looking sandwiches that are very hearty. I don't know why they have them at the Java Cafe, but they do. The Java Cafe, we're going to talk a a little bit about uh, a little more about in a little while as well. Let's talk about some recreational activities on board this beautiful cruise ship. So to me, this is a big ship with a lot of venues. You know, there's ships that are bigger than this, but they're a little bit more spread out. Uh, So nothing actually on this ship was overly impressive from a size standpoint. For example, the Lido deck. I don't have a measurement, but to me, it seems like cruise ships that are way smaller than this have a larger Lido deck. Uh, again, while not the biggest Lido deck, it's still very, very impressive and very comfortable. It didn't need to be any bigger. I'm just saying, if you like a wide open cruise ship, for instance, the Meraviglia that I just got off of, very wide open, very comfortable, very kind of, I guess you sit back and you look at the vastness of the Lido deck, the, I guess the Segway areas, they're large too. There's just, it's just very spacious, sleek comfortable and spacious now this ship was not that this ship had a lot of substance had a lot of places to go things to do people to see but it didn't give you that very luxurious spacious vibe but like i said it was large enough uh the red frog tiki bar was a really really nice place to hang out it uh to me cruise lines borrow from each other all the time and the two things that carnival seemed to borrow from Royal Caribbean on this ship was one, the main show lounge, the Grand Central area. That to me is clearly a take on what Royal Caribbean did with the 270 lounge. They did it. They moved it towards the middle of the ship, but at the same time, it's a very similar venue. It blurs the line between hangout kind of atrium style chill type thing versus actual theater. It it kind of it kind of it kind of straddles the line there, so uh, that and also the Red Frog Tiki Bar, which I think they took from the Lime and Coconut Bar that's on the pool deck as well. They took your general run of the mill pool bar and then they turned it into an actual venue. The Red Frog Rum Bar, the Red Frog Tiki Bar, whatever it's been, whatever it's you know, the uh, evolutions of it, it's an interesting venue as well. Now, this was going to initially be Carnival's concept when it came to, I guess, brewing the beer on board. When it came to, I guess, the craft brewery, the the, the beer watering hole, that's what the Red Frog was going to be. And then Guy Fieri came into the mix, or Fieri, as he likes to say it, and I think that, with the smokehouse, that took over the brew house scenario as well. So uh, I'll also say I was, I was I see when I the, the screen, the big screen on the Lido deck, I was very impressed when I saw the screen and all the, I guess, the, the quality of everything on the Meraviglia, but the 
the the large led screen on this lido deck oh my gosh the biggest and most high quality high fidelity uh screen that i had ever seen and the sound quality absolutely was amazing and i think they did a great job too because with the sound quality with the speaker system you have to tow that line on a cruise ship because there's so many people that don't necessarily want to be bogged down with the loud noises especially the proximal staterooms so you have to kind of do really, really powerful sound while managing the bass because the bass is what's going to give you that rattle and that vibration where, you know, you'll hear bass possibly, you know, several, several dozen feet before you hear the rest of the music just because it has that, you know, that vibration to it, which is why, you know, when you're on the street and you hear a car with a loud sound system, a lot of times you'll just hear the bass from far away without even knowing what the song is or whatever. Uh, another interesting part that uh, that they did with the Lido deck that I noticed, it took me a few days to notice this and realize this, is that, you know, and, and I guess this closed down the Lido deck a little bit in my eyes or my perception as well. They kind of wall off the actual lounging area from the eating area most Lido decks you walk around on you know it just kind of extends out from the pool all the way to the windows that you basically go to the open air in the sea uh in this particular situation now they weren't completely closed you could see through them there was uh so you could see through them but you couldn't walk through them you know if that makes any sense there it was designed in a way where if you walked out of the pool towards the side of the ship you wouldn't be able to walk all the way you there was partitions there that had little intermittent rays of areas that had open air to it but it was ultimately closed off from the standpoint of being able to walk you would have to long story short you'd have to walk all the way around if you wanted to go to the seating area and enjoy and i guess that was obviously that was strategic they wanted to kind of i guess get some separation between people who were trying to eat and people who were trying to party on the Lido deck. I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing. I'm sure it has its advantages versus disadvantages, but yes, it did probably play into the fact that for this size of ship, for how big and bad this ship is supposed to be, when you look at the Lido deck itself, it doesn't overwhelm you with size. All right, so moving on from there. Now, the only thing to me, the only thing I like better than an aft pool on any cruise ship is two aft pools. And unlike the Vista class, they're both public. So you have the deck 16, I believe it's deck 16 from, yeah, deck 16 Lido deck aft pool, as well as you have a deck eight summer landing aft pool. Now the Lido deck one is the one that's a little bit more celebrated, a little bit larger, a little bit more action going on up there. But if you continue out past Guy's Pig and Anchor, you have a second infinity uh, aft pool. Beautiful. I mean, amazing out there. It's a, the aft pool on the on, on deck eight outside the summer landing was just as big as the aft pool in general. Bigger than the aft pool, the main aft pool that was on the MSC Maravilla. So that's just a gift. You know what I mean? An absolute gift. You cannot. Uh, <laughs> I, I was very, very happy. 
Let's talk about the bars. And they had bars on top of bars. This this ship had more bars than Jay-Z in his prime. Uh, we'll start with 820 Biscayne. This was kind of like the real centrally located bar. Uh, 820 Biscayne is named after Carnival's first headquarters at 820 Biscayne Boulevard in Miami. And yeah, this kind of little area of the ship was a celebration of Miami with the Miami Slice, the Deco Diner. It did have an access to the outside. There was a, absolutely... So this... Uh, the, the 820 Biscayne bar was half inside, half outside. It kind of like basically was back to back. You didn't necessarily have a wraparound, walk around access, but you went out a door and there was a bar outside as well as inside, outside on the promenade. So that was a nice little area to hang out. And it kind of like created this bit of a bar crawl between 820 Biscayne. And then if you went one deck down, you had the Alchemy Bar. And at the Alchemy Bar... I would say that's the, probably the best bar staff that was on the ship. These guys were having fun. They were entertainers as well as mixologists. And I will say that, you know, it used to be on a carnival ship where the Alchemy Bar was the spot to get craft cocktails, to get those drinks that I like to famously chastise when I say I can't stand getting a drink that takes longer to make than it does for me to drink. Now, since the onset or the invention of the Alchemy Bar... Now, prior to the Alchemy Bar, it was the Martini Bar. And martinis are, you know, they're still around, obviously. They'll never completely die off. But there was a big martini craze in the late 90s, early 2000s. That gave way to just ultimately craft cocktails. And the Martini took a little bit of a backseat. So the Alchemy Bar became the Martini Bar. I'm sorry, the yeah, the Martini Bar became the Alchemy Bar. The Alchemy Bar had these kind of fancy cocktails. But then the fancy cocktail, dare I say craft cocktail, became the norm. And that's why the Alchemy Bar is almost like, you know, it's hanging in there. Because I guess they went, and it was always like alchemy. Like, all right, so this is what's going to cure what ails you. You know what I mean? It's going to be almost like drinking to get better or drinking to feel better. Now they rely more on that, medicinal cocktails, because the craft cocktail movement is all over the ship now. You can get craft cocktails at 820 Biscayne, and then that's on deck eight. One deck below, as I just said, the Alchemy Bar, which had the best staff. They wear the lab coats and everything. That had uh, that area was kind of, what would it say? It's got its own little uh area that it services a little bit aft to that where you can kind of hang out get a booth get a table and then uh it had proximal access to the nightclub so a popular move would be to kind of go to the nightclub but right before that you would go to the alchemy bar and hang out have some drinks there and then right below that would be the golden jubilee and the Latitudes Bar. And these two places sort of give celebration, no pun intended, to just travel in general. So 820, 8th floor, Alchemy Bar, 7th floor, right below that, split it up between Golden Jubilee and the Latitudes Bar. Golden Jubilee is almost like a celebration of Carnival itself. It has schematics to the cruise ships sort of near the ceiling. And let's just say that too. Take a step back. A theme throughout this cruise ship is for you to look at the ceiling. A lot of high art, art that it's on this either on the ceiling or very very high up on the walls. So the Golden Jubilee has uh, has has blueprints 
I'm sorry, not schematics, blueprints, sort of near the top, and it's just basically a celebration of the history of Carnival. And then Latitudes Bar, sort of like it's supposed to kind of have like a train station style feel. You feel like you're in sort of a train station, maybe Grand Central Station or any of those old school kind of, it has the, um, right above the bar, it has uh, the, the, what would emulate schedule times and the numbers that kind of rapidly change. And then there are also like uh, LED screens that kind of like look like windows throughout the whole area that you would service right near Emeralds too because that runs into Emeralds, uh, Emeralds Restaurant. And they'll do shows, like little mini shows, celebration of time, celebration of travel all throughout the uh, day on those screens that look like windows. But Latitudes Bar has some really serious craft cocktails as well. I mean, very, very extensive craft cocktail menu. Same with the Golden Jubilee. I would say the Golden Jubilee and the Alchemy Bar sort of stay on traditional with uh, traditional ingredients. Uh, the Latitudes Bar will take some chances there's a lot of crazy wild craft cocktails at the latitudes bar but these four locations two on deck six one on deck seven one on deck eight they're all very proximal to each other but from an up and down standpoint you got to hit the stairs on each one so Again, kind of interesting with the layout. It does work. It does make sense. There is a staircase right there. doesn't make sense to really go to the elevators, uh, but run up and down the stairs on those three decks, and you'll get all four of those bars. Uh, what else do we have? So Pig and Anchor Bar at Flavortown. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but that's where you're going to go. That's your sports bar. You know what I mean? A very, very lively area. Has a real beer garden-y backyard type of feel, even though it is indoors. It kind of shares a general space with the Heroes Bar. And a lot of TVs, a lot of action. The brewery is back there. The barbecue is back there. Really feels like if you're looking for an outdoor backyard type of feel, you go to the Pig and Anchor, and that is on deck eight all the way aft right before you get to that aft pool. You also have the watering hole, which is on deck eight, and that is outside. Same thing with the Havana bar, uh, outside, inside options as well, but that's a little bit more forward. Um... Piano bar is very, very typical for a piano bar. Piano bar, nothing too crazy or distinguishable about that from any other piano bar on a carnival ship. You do love the brick and mortar type feel where you actually have to open a door to get inside the piano bar. We spent some time there and the entertainer was good. I would say that it's sort of like it's not as kind of reserved as the schooner bar would be on a Royal Caribbean ship, but it's also not as wild and crazy as some of the piano bars on Carnival that I've seen, whereas they're kind of getting the audience involved with participation there. You know, I should take that back because I did not spend enough time there to know that they don't do that. But I did see an environment when I was there that would be conducive for maybe for that to happen. So I know some of the piano bars that I've gone to, they sort of kind of like really, you know, it's almost like uh, for mature audiences only. This, I didn't see that go in that direction, but I did see, you know, they were doing the requests, they were doing the tipping, tip jar at the piano bar, they were doing the whole thing where you sit around with the keys that are kind of like emulates as your counter or your table where you put your drink, and the guy was having fun, and they were all having fun in there. Saw a Garth Brooks medley happen in there. It was really good, so... It could be. You know what? It is a high-energy piano bar. It might not necessarily. I just saw one on the Carnival Sunshine 
where it was a woman. She was drunk half the time. I know she was drunk because I had drinks with her before. She would go into the atrium, and I would meet her in the atrium half the time, and she would be banging down cocktails a good 45 minutes to an hour before. And then she would get out there, and she would sing disgusting parody songs to any time there was a bachelorette. She had a, like all these kind of crazy... Uh, you know, I guess nuances to when new people walked in. It was a ball-breaking session. It was profane, which that's some people's thing. It's not some people's thing. It is what it is. All right, the nightclub. The default nightclub on the ship is called the Limelight. And this is definitely a slight miss in this regard because carnival nightclub layouts are often very, very, very good. Sort of like the Carnival Splendor. I haven't seen the nightclubs on the on the dream class of ships. Actually, I did see one. I don't remember what it is, to be honest with you. But yeah, they failed on Carnival Horizon because it's the limelight again. They failed so bad on the Vista class that they made the limelight. Their original plan was to have the, the nightclub be in the main theater. They quickly realized that could have told them that, that wasn't going to work, and it didn't work. So they put it in the limelight. The limelight is sort of like the show, a, a smaller show lounge. And the problem with the limelight on the Vista class of ships, they don't have an actual built-in bar. So they would wheel in a bar, wedding style. You know what I mean? Like a little kind of like satellite bar with wheels on it. Uh, that doesn't work. Now this on the on the Excel class, they do have a bar in there, so that's good, but it's still laid out more of like a show lounge than a nightclub. Does it work as a nightclub? Yes, it's manageable. It's serviceable. There's lights. People have fun. Uh, the, the untrained eye might not even know the difference, but when you look at the layout on the Conquest class, the Sunshine class, uh, the Carnival Splendor, you see a nightclub that it was designed to be a nightclub it has the bar area with a fully functioning service area in that in that region of the venue it has a well cut out dance floor with intelligent lighting and speaker speaker systems that are directed towards that dance floor and then there is a clear couch unit that is set off to the side this venue looks like a theater it's 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 serviceable as a nightclub it blows away the main theater as a nightclub possible venue because it does have low ceilings it does have an actual bar and there is a level of intimacy to it but it does it fails when it comes to kind of like you know the off to the side like basically if you want to come off the dance floor and you don't want to be at the bar you're basically sitting there as though you're an audience member so it, it fails in that regard but it's just like i said just a slight miss on uh, the main theater the main theater is fine but it's definitely smaller not as elaborate extravagant as uh, the usual main theater is this one goes i believe across two decks usually they go across three decks usually there's a balcony there's a uh, you know there's kind of like a impressive more impressive style of seating in there uh, this is two decks there's only one i guess basically a um you know if you walked in on deck seven you would look and you would just see is oh, one riser one there's no balcony is what i'm trying to say i'm definitely uh, a fan i prefer the main theaters where they had the couch style seating massive massive theater two levels sometimes three levels and uh they had those drink tables tons of walking space through the theater like you could walk through those those rows without disturbing the other guests because there was a table there now i don't know if that made sense 
uh, overall from just a dollar standpoint, just trying to, I guess, maybe in the spirit of trying to get a dollar number from every square foot on the ship. But those main theaters were very, very, very comfortable and very, very guest and performance friendly, in my opinion. But it still wasn't a bad theater. It was fine. I'm sure it blows it away from a technology standpoint, from, a, you know, like a like an interactive standpoint. I'm sure there's much more expensive bells and whistles to this theater. But I just love the layout, the feel, the comfort of those older theaters. Uh, talking about comedy, comedy gets its own category here on this ship. I'll tread, I'm not going to tread lightly. I never do. But, you know, the punchliner, let's talk about the actual punchliner, has three separate venues that calls itself the punchliner. Now, you have the actual punchliner nightclub, which is on deck six. It's a performance theater that is directly across from the piano bar and this is the punchliner nightclub where you would go uh, for any of the regular comedy shows sometimes for some reason they would do punchliner shows in the limelight i think they did this when they would do multiple see carnival has really gotten into comedy they've done a they've done you know they that's one of their calling cards they really you could tell by the amount of comedians that are on board and by the amount of times they change comedians who are on board you'll have a set of comedians three or four for the first half of your cruise and then halfway through your cruise you'll have another set so you have the actual punchliner comedy club you have the limelight which is very often used as a satellite punchliner and then on big comedy nights they will put the comedy in the main theater and they will on that night call the main theater the punchliner nightclub so there's three different areas in which you might be considered to be in the punchliner nightclub now here's something again like l listen it's, this is this is uh this would be considered controversial with a lot of shows, but I talk, I say what I say. Uh, if if something sounds ignorant, I apologize. But listen, <laughs> Carnival has gone in a direction where they have gained a very, very um, large black crowd. They look for a black audience. They market, or they uh, what would you say? They 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 don't market. They they schedule. To a black crowd. They definitely are a cruise line that plays, uh, whether it's the nightlife, the nightclub, or the comedy. You know, it's it's not a controversial thing to say when comedians talk to each other. Black comedians, white comedians, there are, black comedy is a thing. Like, you know, they, white comedians and black comedians talk about, all right, that's a, that's a black show or that's a black room. They, you know what I mean? Like, it's very, very clear. If you ever watch Deaf Comedy Jam, that's a black comedy show. You know what I mean? It's not to be offensive. It's not to be. It's just to call it what it is. So Carnival definitely goes for that. And you know who loves black comedy and black comedy rooms? A lot of white people. It's just a different type of thing. Um, you know, it's as different as rap music and rock music. Would you say that rap music is more geared towards black people and rock music is more geared towards white people? Yeah, that's all I'm saying. That's all it is. But Carnival, in both those regards, whether it's comedy or whether it's DJ music, they have seen or whether it's happened by design or whether it's sort of just happened, I guess, organically, Carnival, you know, has gone for a black crowd and i think that's phenomenal i enjoy all of it and i think a lot of people enjoy a lot of it i've seen blogs and vlogs from people who 
uh, are used to cruising on Carnival, you know, black people who do vlogs, and they say, all right, I know what you all want to know when they do other cruise lines, whether it's Royal Caribbean or Virgin. They say to their audience, all right, I know what you guys are all wondering. Is it like Carnival? Do they take care of us with the music? Do they take care of us with the comedy? And yeah, and then they kind of dive into that. It's a thing where Carnival is known to kind of really, I guess, cater to that type of crowd, which to me makes it a better cruise line. I love it. I love it. But I also do think that you know, it's more prevalent on the older ships. They'll really go a little bit harder. Like when I was in the Paradise, the Serenity, all white, you know, ironically all white, the white party, you know, by dress. You went back there and it was a DJ that was just ripping it up with the newest, hottest hip-hop music. It was unedited from, the, you know, the lyrics. It was great. It, I loved it back there. Um, but... You know, I think the newer ships still know that. I think Carnival does know that its calling card is catering a little bit towards the the African American or Black side of things when it comes to comedy, when it comes to the music in the nightclub, and they do it well. They really do do it well, and I, I'm here for it. I love it. I absolutely love it, and I do not think that I'm saying anything out of pocket or wrong by identifying that but i'll give you that's my point of that is just to say that's what the comedy is think um deaf comedy jam think uh shacks comedy special and and stuff like that bet comedy half hour you know what i'm saying you know comedy central versus bet comedy that's what carnival is more on the bet side of it and i think and, and i mean they were funny they were absolutely hysterical, and I'll say that too. It's not like in white people, you should not for a second think that you shouldn't go there and enjoy it because they are so welcoming, so inclusive. It's not like if you are not a, a black, if you are anything other than black, that you shouldn't go there. You absolutely should, and they love it. It's a, it's a very uh, friendly overall friendly environment for all races and cultures i'm just telling you what they get towards black people if you think i said anything offensive or ignorant or wrong email me i want to hear let me know but that's just my observation with the nightlife and with the comedy um let's talk pig and anchor pig and anchor like i said before was the sports bar uh We'll talk more. I want to get a little bit more into the negatives in a little while, but they had a rough staff back there. These guys and girls were fun back there. I will say that. They absolutely had a good time with them. You enjoyed yourself with them, but it was rough. It was a little rough. It was far away from what you'd expect um, from a skill level and from, and I'll say it, we don't lie to each other, guys, from a little bit of a professionalism aspect in the back of the ship, it was a little bit rough. The beer is phenomenal. you know, when they make the right drink, they make good drinks. Um, I said it was a beer garden atmosphere where people came together back there were real sports fans, whether it was the World Cup. Now, we had three or what was it? Three, I think three or four days of NFL football back there. So we had the first Sunday, the last Sunday, we had the Thursday night games, and this week there were NFL games on Saturday. Really, really, I don't know what it is. You know, people in comedy clubs laugh harder on cruise ships. People who like sports root louder on on cruise ships. And that was going on. Minnesota Vikings, the game was going crazy. Me, Doug, uh, Joe uh, Kokomo, and, um, and, uh, and JP were out there hanging out, just kind of chilling. I had some music going, had the Bluetooth. And, you know, they were doing sort of like a hoedown back there. And uh, 
it was loud. It was festive. People were really, really getting into the sports. Um, that led right out, as I said before, to the second aft pool on the eighth deck and the watering hole, which is a bar out there. I could tell you, the, it was a little rough at the bar, so that's why when we would hang out, out, when we would hang out at the Pig and Anchor, I would very often go outside to the watering hole where the bar service was a lot quicker. Not great either, but a little quicker. Um, it was a theme. A complaint, and I'll get to it a little bit more, the bar service on this cruise ship definitely needs a good good amount of work. The roller coaster, the bolt, was absolutely legit. You guys got to check that out. We never got to it. I was like two seconds away from hitting uh, complete purchase on our tickets on the app for the bolt roller coaster. My non-committal self just didn't do it because I was like, are we going to be around for that? Are we going to be wanting to do that? Because you have to do it ahead of time. So I was like, all right, do I want to commit to 2.30 tomorrow? Am I going to be ready to go up there and do a bolt, or am I going to be wanting to do so? So I just didn't want to commit. If you could just walk up to the bolt and say, hey, can I get on this thing right now? I probably would have got it done. I probably would have did it. But the fact that you have to kind of get on the app and commit to a time on a day before, and nothing that's not a knock on Carnival because I should be able to set a time to do the stupid bolt. I just didn't do it. It just didn't didn't occur to me to like say, all right, I know this is because I just never know where I'm going to be on any cruise ship at any time of the day, night, or evening. So I did not spend the fifth, what was it? 15, yeah. So it would have been 30 bucks because, you know, it was, you do it on one sign and sale card. So I was going to do it and, and pay for it. JP for JP paid for plenty of stuff without asking to just kind of do, and then I did the same. So we weren't like necessarily, all right, well, you got to do it. We'll do it at the same time. You're 15, my 15. No, we were just kind of, you know, paying for each other for a bunch of stuff and kind of doing that, doing our thing with that. Just, just didn't commit. That's all. But it looked really cool. I got some good footage of it. You'll see it in the ship tour. And it looked legit. I mean, I don't know. Like, no, is it the freaking fastest roller coaster in the world where you're doing 60 miles per hour? No, but you're doing like 40 and you're hanging off the side of a damn cruise ship. So that's going to add to the drama a little bit. And the fact that you're not really strapped in, you're riding it like a freaking jet ski. <laughs> I mean, it's a little, and you zipped around. You zipped around like a lunatic on that thing. But it looked fun. Ropes course looked uh, amazing. Slides looked amazing. On that ropes course, you're basically got an unattended zip line where you just zip across and you go off the side of the ship. It, it The zip line goes on a curve, on an angle, like a half moon angle, where you're zipping yourself. You, under your own power, are kicking off the freaking platform and you're going outside over the edge of the ship. And then coming back at the other end of the zip line and kind of continuing on with the ropes course. Very, very fine line between zip line and ropes course here. But it was great. Serenity was massive. We did not spend much time there. Uh, but I went up there basically every port day because that's where I liked to, uh, where I was enjoying doing my kind of like videos about sailing in or pictures once we got in port. You know, I like to get the elevation. So that's why I went up there. But it had a pool. One of the very few Serenity decks where I actually saw a pool. It had an eating area that was covered. The, it, the, the coverage covered the pool as well. And then it had, you know, all the cushions, all the hot tubs, everything that you would expect from a Serenity deck. But this was really, really big. Covered both sides of the ship towards the forward area as it normally does on the newer ships. And it had a salad station that this thing must have been legit. Because I don't get it. It's freaking salad. But there was always a line. A line freaking covering the whole length of the deck. 
but people loved it. Nice big bowls, looked good. Serenity deck was really, really cool on this ship. The gym was great. Nothing crazy, like I said. Not an overly big gym. Nothing uh, super impressive about the gym. Just because, like I said, the cruise ship is way bigger, but they got a lot more people and they got a lot more venues. So you did not see any one area that was that much bigger than any other area on any other carnival ship that you've been to. Typical gym, elliptical machines. I got to say, they matched my exact stride. You know, A lot of times, if you go, you're very comfortable at your home gym and then you try to go on the road, whether it's a hotel gym or a cruise ship gym or anywhere else, and you get on the elliptical and it, it takes some getting used to. This thing was perfect for my stride, whatever it was. Uh, Java Blue. Java Blue was very, very nice. It was on deck six. Um, I'll say that's probably one of my complaints in general because the iced coffee situation, much like the Meraviglia, was not necessarily ideal. The First of all, the coffee was not that great. And I'm no connoisseur, guys. I don't even know. All I know is I was ready to quit drinking coffee. I'm like, I don't even enjoy coffee anymore. Until today when I got back and had my Dunkin' Donuts, and I was like, yeah, that's how I want my coffee to hit. But also, besides the the coffee, it did not have the Trenta or the large like you can get on Norwegian or, or, or Royal Caribbean. And yes, they gave me the dreaded paper cup. Uh, unacceptable. But Carnival gave you, if you requested it, a hard plastic see-through cup. Still not ideal. Ideal coffee comes in the disposable plastic large cup with the ice. Okay. This did not have the super large, and it didn't have the disposable plastic. It had either a glass or a see-through hard plastic meant to look like glass. And it was okay. Good things about it. Uh, Great, great service. Cool people there. They were always happy to see you no matter how busy you were. Uh, Chocolate straws. That would be a nice little solution to a lot of the uh, environmental problems. I had no, I hate the paper straws. I hate the metal straws, the glass, the chocolate, the straws made out of chocolate. Not bad. Nice touch carnival. Great job. Uh, what else? Um, and then the, oh, the other good thing about it, it was free. So yeah, the bad with the good. You can't complain about it being, be, being free, but at the same time, I would have paid for it if it was the type of coffee that I liked. Um, Casino. Casino, very, very nice layout with the casino. Smell of smoke was not too bad. They had their smoking area portioned off by a non-smoking area, by a glass door. Even the area that was friendly to smoking was not that bad. It didn't stink that bad. It was it was manageable. And then the non-smoking area was great. How did I do? So I only gambled on two nights, sat there, went all in. You know, I basically gave myself a budget of 500 bucks, and I would play with the 500 bucks at $10 minimum tables of blackjack. And the first night, played for a while, couple hours, sat there. We had some fun. It was a good time playing, and I lost a little bit at first made my way back and then after that i was up about probably about 250 300 and then i got a little wild so then i continued to lose a little bit put it all back ended up right where i was so i started with 300 it's like i said i gave myself a budget of 500 but i bought in for 300 that 300 i turned into probably about 550 600 bucks lost all of the winnings 
and then let it all ride 100,000. No, it didn't lose all the winnings yet. I ultimately lost all the winnings. But I was up by about, when I got down to being up by only 100, let the 100 ride, lost that all in one bet. And then now I'm back to my original 300. So this is after two hours, two and a half hours of play. Got up and said, all right, I will see you again. We will live to fight another day. Did that again. Didn't play again until the very last night. Sat down, put the 300 bucks and chips up, was getting my ass kicked. It was not going well. I was playing at the $10 tables. You know, gambling, especially blackjack, is all about when you elevate. You know, we can you can sit there at a $10 table and play all freaking night. You can if you want to just have fun gambling, you can do that. See, a lot of people say, I don't want to gamble because I don't like throwing my money away. Well, you don't have to throw a lot of money away. If you go in for, let's just say, 100 or 200 bucks, you can have fun at the table even if you do end up losing that. You can make that 100 or 200 bucks go for you all night and have a lot of fun. Meet some cool people. Play around with the dealers. High five, low five, the, the, the good times, the bad times. It's exhilarating. You play all night. It's fun. Even if you lose that much, it's not a lot of money, but you had fun. Now, if you're looking to win and win or lose-lose or win-win, you it it's all depends upon when you elevate. You get $10, $10, $10, $10, all right, 25 25 You know what? 50 I'm going to bet 50 on this hand. I lost my last three hands. I'm due. Let me put 50 on this hand. Then you get a 6 and a 5, and the deal is showing a 6. Well, how are you not going to double down on that? So there's your other 50. Now you got another 50. Boom. That next card is a six. Dealer pulls a four. And then a and then a jack. And they got 20 against your 16. And then boom, you lose a hundred bucks right there. Or even worse. You do that a couple of times and you see uh those hands are what make and break whether you're gonna win or lose for the night. But uh on the next night, the the second night I went back in with my three hundred and I was getting my ass kicked. I was getting beat up. I think I was down from that 300. I was down to about 50 bucks. So on that 50 bucks, so by the way, we had a cool table. We had Jamie. We had James. We had a bunch of other people sitting there. We had a fun time. This guy, James, was, I mean, what you can tell. When someone sits down and they just have a good, pure heart and they're fun and they're, you know, he was about a 70, 70 around, I think he mentioned 70-year-old uh seemingly indian guy um he was just so happy to be there he was asking advice he was literally sitting there saying around everything like what do i do what do i do oh well, this is wonderful would you look at this he was amazed by everything you would say what are, how many chips do how many points how many uh how many do I have here? James, you have 20. Oh, that's wonderful. I have 20. That's wonderful. He's just, I don't know how to really explain him, but he was just such a good guy, an engaging guy, and I'm getting my ass kicked, and I was never happier to just be losing money by playing with someone who was so cool. Just a, just a fun guy. JP was there. Every single thing that happened with James, he just went into a superlative on how great it was, and oh my gosh. Oh, my gosh. The good, the bad, the indifferent. Everything was, oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It really was cool. He gave us the time of our lives. We were laughing, having fun. So at that point, I think I'm down to like 50 bucks. So I decided to do Blaze of Glory time. 
I went in for the other 100 bucks. So now, mind you, like I said, my original budget was 500 but I had only used three of that all in. And now I came into this session exactly even with my 300 So now I sat down. I lost most of that. I'm down to 50 bucks, And it's all in $5 chips. So I have $50 and $5 chips sitting there. I went in for one more 100 meaning my total initial investment is 400 gave her the 400 pushed in my five, $5 chips, and said, give me all greens. And greens are 25 So I said, I'm just going to bet nothing but $25 hands, and let's see what happens. So we got a good energy and a good vibe going at the table. Ended up about coming all the way back and winning. Well, not winning. I got back even to the 400 So I cashed out with $400, which really, perfect example. Did not win a dime, did not lose a dime, but I had two really, really fun nights, especially the last night. Gambling, had a really fun night gambling on the last night with everybody, then we had some pizza. It was great. So that was the gambling story. I don't know if that grants me any free play or where that puts me as far as a status when it comes to the casino, but it was great. Um, All right, let's talk about the issues. So I said before, this cruise ship and this cruise in general were of the best. I'm not saying top three. wasn't in the top three of cruises all in. Uh, It might be the best cruise ship. I haven't really sat down and thought about and evaluated whether or not this is my favorite cruise ship of all time or not. Uh, I would say it has a chance to be. Uh, I told you about the Meraviglia. Just coming off the Meraviglia, I said that was my favorite cruise ship piece of hardware. I've ever been on. Is this one better? I got to give that more thought. I really, really do. So I'll say this. Um, Issues. Let's get into some issues. Elevator crowds are terrible, no matter what. I don't know what the algorithm was on those elevators, but, you know, there were very, very often uh, times where I would just jump into the stairs, take the stairs. And you know what? I know what you're saying. Take the stairs anyway, you slob. I get it. But sometimes you want the elevator. Sometimes you're carrying things. Sometimes it's you're on deck six and you want to be on deck 17 and you're not going to, you know. But I'll say, I'll say in general that the uh, elevators were rough. They were very, very slow. Very often you would see uh, six elevator hits that would be going down before you saw the one that you wanted that was going up. And then when you finally did see that one going up, you were in a jam-packed elevator and you had to let it go because there were too many people in it because too few elevators were going up. I don't know what they based that on during the times, during certain times. They figured most people are going down, so they program it a certain way. I don't know, but the elevators were rough. It's not like, you know, Carnival, the old Carnival ships, they have the regular banks of elevators, but then they also have the uh, the atrium elevators, which are those glass ones that kind of hold a bunch of people that shoot up, and that takes a lot of stress off the regular elevators. Now, it, it was good that they did have uh, three banks, right? They did have three banks of elevators, unless I'm mistaken. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they had the forward, mid, and aft elevators, but it was still rough. All right, we talked before about the Pig and Anchor staff. Okay, I want to tread lightly with this because of the fact that I liked them so much. I liked... All of those people back there. It was a great time. They were great to party with. They were great to have. They were great to have some fun with. Uh, whether it was the beer guys, whether it was the night guys. Well, you know, we had McCann back there. He uh, checked in on the um, on the on one of the Patreon shows, and uh, we had fun. We had a lot of fun. But 
back there, I could tell you there's just a little of unprofessionalism. They break stuff back there. They're very, very concerned with their own good time. They're having fun. And you want a staff that has fun. You want your bartenders to have fun. But you don't want it to be at the expense of the guest. You know, I know somebody, I won't. I don't know if they want me to say it or not, but they cut their lip on one of the glasses. They just, without even saying sorry, they just grabbed the drink and made him a new drink. They made one of my drinks wrong. I could tell a bunch of times that they would, I don't know, they just weren't in a rush ever. And not that they should be on or in a rush to wait on you hand and foot, but... You know, they almost wanted to make a little statement when you had to ask. I would stand there with my cup and my card. One time I actually said, are you guys open? And it was late. It was getting a little late. And the guy looked at me. He's like, yeah, we're we're open. I'm like, why am I standing here? And you're looking at me. I have to literally ask you for a drink. I have to say, hey, may I please have a drink? Like, and that's what I did. Because I was standing there for so long, having made eye contact with multiple bartenders with my drink out. And, and I'm not the only one who said this. Other people in my party were saying this, too, and people that we were with, too. You know, they, they made you work for it. They made you work for the drink. And then when you did order a drink, I saw a few different times when maybe I'm crazy, but I could have sworn they looked for three or four things to do before they'd make you drink. Just to be like, yeah, just so you know, I'm not here to rush and get you your drink. I'm doing something else first. I'm doing this. And that's what you expect in certain bars when you go on land. Certain nightclubs where the accountability isn't that hard. Certain nightclubs when, you know, the staff isn't necessarily overly watched. You don't expect that on a cruise ship. You know, it, it the, the Pig and Anchor Bar was very much like a lot of bars you'll go to on land where you got to deal with BS from these bartenders. And... You know, they would joke around with you. If you messed with them, they laughed. If you, they, you know, it was fun. It was funny. Like they would crack you up. They were like life of the party type people. But it was almost like, yeah, you know what? This is what you're back here for. You may not get your drink that fast, okay? But you're going to have fun. And that is good to a degree. But at the end of the day, give me my damn drink. You know what I mean? Give me my drink. I want my drink. And uh, it just seemed like there was not ever the, the level of like, you know, Hey, how are you? We're happy to have you here. What can I get for you? Yes, absolutely, sir. Coming right up type of thing. No, that didn't happen. As opposed to the Alchemy Bar. So these people at the Alchemy Bar were the same way as far as the entertainment, but they took a little bit of a different level of pride when it came to their craft. So I go to the Alchemy Bar. I may not get my drink for five, ten minutes at the Alchemy Bar, but I was greeted and I put my drink order in the minute I got there. So I like got there and they wouldn't even let you. They knew when someone new came to their bar, they knew right away, hey boss, what can I get you? And they would break balls. They, they, would, they would give each other a hard time. They would get distracted, but they at least knew you were there and then they would be pros. They would get you your drink. There might be three or four drinks ahead of you because they already got their order, but they would take your drink order and there's a there's a thing we say in the industry just give a little greeting let us know that let us know that you know we're here and uh that was lacking at the pagan anchor and again fun group back there they were having a blast they were hitting on girls and that was the other thing too and they so they would they would they would i saw one guy is creep creep <laughs> he was a bartender i'm not even gonna say who he was but he there was a girl who was really pretty and he goes 
and I guess they had some sort of rapport. The girls were being enthusiastic to them at one point, but then they took it too far because they're like telling them to drink. No, drink more, drink more, drink more. And everybody knows on land, that's creepy nowadays to try to, you know, tell girls, no, you got to drink more. Have another one. More shots. What do you mean? Drink faster. He's telling these girls to drink faster. So at that point, they started cooling off to him because they were like, all right, that's, you know, this guy's, this is in the 90s, all right? That same bartender at one point said, Jessica, and I made up that name. Jessica, come over here. Come over here. He took her all the way. He made her get up out of her chair, meet her at the mouth of the opening of the bar so that he could tell her that she had something on her shirt. And he was going to get it off her shirt for her discreetly over in this corner so that nobody would notice. And then she would be ultra appreciative. She knew this guy was being a creep. Um, the other thing is they would curse. They would be like, like curse loud, like, and again, I don't listen, guys. Do I do? Does, do you think I'm offended by cursing? I'm just making note of stuff of that you don't necessarily hear on cruise ship. They would drop something. You'd hear the guy, oh, f f word, loud, loud and clear, not even trying to hide it. Oh, mother effer. They would they would scream that behind that bar. So again, all, all that stuff wouldn't bother me. If I could get a damn drink on time, if they would just keep the drinks coming, I would have, that that mother effer would be a little bit more endearing. I know you, the creepy stuff you got to leave alone because the girls were turned off by it. I could tell. It's just you know whatever you know happens in I guess I don't know wherever they're from is is not really accustomed with the uh, new aged millennial or generation z american women are not taking that the same way as they used to and they're not taking that the same way as they may take it in other countries anyway that's that was that so the back so the pig and anchor staff was a little bit uh rough the bar staff in general was kind of rough they weren't overall the most friendly staff and i could tell in the non-craft cocktail bars the outside bars the watering holes the red frogs you had some dicey skills at best let's call it dicey skills i asked for a (laughs) i asked for a gray goose and soda once and they muddled the lime before they did anything then they put it down so they muddled my lime for some reason i have no idea why and then they took another drink order and that other drink order was a miami vice which is a frozen drink they started making a frozen drink halfway through they went back to my uh vodka soda which just needed vodka and soda in it and you hand it to me and say goodbye that's it but no they stopped after the muddle made most of the frozen drink then made the rest of my drink so i'm saying all right i'll get it now gave it to me but didn't run my sign and sale card until they were finished with the frozen drink. It was just bizarre. Another thing, you got to stop with the sign signing. Carnival, I know what it is. I guess you can't stop with the signing because I cannot tell you. the You're talking about thousands and thousands of dollars in tips are made because they make you sign the thing. They don't, you don't need to sign it. Even if you got the drink package, I got the drink package and I have to sign for it every time. Yes, I'm putting a dollar in. Okay. They get it. They get that from a lot of people. So that's thousands and thousands of dollars they make by just by handing you that piece of paper. And for that reason, I guess that's why they'll keep it. So I can't really blame them for that, but it is annoying having to sign every time, but it's big dollars. It's big money there for the staff. Um, some chibang, um, 
also the steakhouse, uh, some of the restaurant venues, we were greeted with this. Ready? So do you know what you want? That was the first thing we've had. Come to the table because the waiter assistant takes the drink orders and helps us with our drinks. And then the waiter will come by and sometimes they just stand at the table and say, do you know what you want? And multiple times they said, hi, how are you? My name's Tommy. It's, I'm having a great time. I would just do that just, just to make it awkward, awkward. And then they would make it some sort of a joke. They would kick back in, realize they were kind of being, you know, whatever. But I, you know, is what it is. I also know that staffing wise is being a little challenging right now. You know, workforce in general across the board is a little tough. Uh, cruise lines are not paying what they used to pay uh, because of their own issues, I guess. And then, you know, that makes it harder to get a, a staff. And if you get a staff, a real good, well-experienced staff, I guess, can be hard to come by these days but that's it um grand central layout issue there uh i think the grand central concept while it's beautiful i think it's i, I think it's um i think it's overcompensation like i said for what was a really cool kitschy unique charming thing which was the atrium parties the atrium parties turned into sort of a stage type of scenario behind the bar and then the stage scenario behind the bar turned into this big huge wannabe 270 lounge type of thing that is just awkward for multiple reasons um multiple reason number one is because it's three levels and it's an atrium there's a freaking coffee shop. There's retail spots. There's a damn casino right there. There's all sorts of things that are going on basically steps away from this stage. So you have all these shows that are kind of like uh, interactive and, you know, they call for audiences being quiet and setting up dramatic moments. But you have people screaming across the thing saying they want to, you know, double latte or people who are just navigating their way through the ship who have no interest in being quiet because they're on a cruise and they're walking through a hallway and all of a sudden oh my gosh there's a circus part there's a there's a circus show going on with violin music and everybody's got to be quiet for it no it doesn't so that kind of creates a weird thing for the show i was trying to listen to lee the cruise director on his talk i could barely hear him because there was just so much chatter in the java cafe and everything else around it the other flaw with that thing is that you know on the first level you know there's limited seating on deck so it's six seven and eight on deck seven there's very limited seating and the seating's not that comfortable it's kind of riser style but it's a little tight uh, a little steep should i say so it's not that comfortable. So you want to sit on the bottom level because that's where the most seating is and that's where the best view is, except for the fact that the ceiling is only about 15, 12 to 15 feet high. So if you're not beyond the threshold of the ceiling, you it's going to be a challenge for you to be able to see the screens. And one of the biggest things about this theater are the LED overly expensive uh, moving screens, you know, that they also borrowed from Royal Caribbean. So as a, and, and then the third floor, which is deck eight, is just too high. You got to really kind of look straight down to be able to see the tops of everybody's heads that are on the stage. So that's a little bit of a miss as far as I'm concerned for the for the theater. Uh, what else? Um, eating options past 10 p.m. I hope you like pizza every night of the week there's no buffet anymore whatsoever not even burgers not even hot dogs not even you know little salads or nothing uh you have pizza that's free 
And then you have sushi or Japanese until midnight or room service. So after 10 p.m., the only free option is pizza, and the only options, period, all day are sushi and room service. That's it. No good. Uh, Steakhouse. Steakhouse was really, really good as always, but we had a really, really bad night service-wise. We were, well, not service-wise, just delay-wise. So we were delayed about 35 minutes, and we were already uh, late because I wanted to get to the Evolution Party that was in the main theater. They said that's a really good party. Shout out to Tony Lalita Loca. Said that's one of the nights you, particularly knowing my style of cruising, he knew that I would uh, appreciate that night. He knew that I would like that party, uh, but we had a steakhouse reservation that I was going to ask if we could rush through and maybe limit the steakhouse experience to an hour so that I could at least catch the last 45 minutes of the evolution night. But our reservation, for some reason, was delayed for 35 minutes, and that shut the whole evolution thing down, and we were screwed. So it is what it is. We were beat on that. Uh, no harm, no foul. I will be back on celebration. I will check out that party. Um, the room was fine. Did feel a little bit small. No seating or bench areas, you know, couch area. But remember, I, I got that crazy deal. Uh, again, $100 cruise <laughs> would end up being uh, total cru- total for the cruise ended up being like 500 and something dollars. So I can't complain about the room. Our room attendant, Manuel, was absolutely great. Uh, I love the movies. At sea, uh, Carnival does them great with the popcorn. You know how you get the towel station on the Lido deck? They also do blankets. I mean, I, I asked for a towel. She's like, you don't want a towel. You want a blanket, don't you? I'm like, you got blankets? Yeah, I want a blanket. I'm sure a lot of you knew that, but I didn't know they had blankets. Uh, Doug said this, and he's absolutely right. Um, it is an outlier for what you would think of a carnival cruise ship. So usually you get on a carnival cruise ship through the years, you have an idea of where things would be, you know, from the atrium out, from the Lido deck down, from the pool deck up. You would, you know, you feel like you kind of know what a carnival cruise ship is for the most part. Of course, there's differences here and here and there, but for the most part, you know, this cruise ship is definitely different. It's very, very hard to kind of make sense of, and it will take you a couple of days to get used to. In a good way. I loved it. I loved the backyard band. There was this band, I guess what you would normally consider the normal pop band on a cruise ship. They were awesome. So versatile. They would play anything from, I mean, just uh, 70s funk to modern day country music. There's a horn trio that roves about the ship that sometimes sits in with them. Phenomenal, phenomenal band. All the, again, have you... When are we ever going to go on a cruise ship and hear a soloist or a band member or anybody on the ship and say that they didn't have talent? You know the cruise ships know what they're doing when it comes to that stuff, and this cruise was no different. There was a woman in the Latitudes bar who absolutely crushed you know, the solo guitar thing the whole time. The piano bar guy was great. Uh, everything. The, the strings group was great. Uh, even though I'm not a celestial string guy, but you know they sat in. The, they went from celestial strings to doing like the fiddle, country music style with the backyard band. They were great. Um, I did the beer tour. The beer tour was was okay. It was cool. It was informative, and it was cool to be able to get the tr- get to try the beers. But the cost was twenty seven dollars. Twenty dollars for me because I had the drink package. But I was expecting a brewery tour. Did not get that. They basically sat us down, explained how beer works, where it came from, how it's made, this and that. And then we got a chance to look at 
the tanks and the you know the 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 where they make the beer we didn't really get too much of an explanation we got a little bit but not it was i, I thought it was gonna be more of a brewery tour but it was like a beer tour basically christmas was very well represented throughout the entire ship trees everywhere i had never done a christmas cruise and i always thought that um you know, I, I I always wanted to kind of do a little bit of a holiday festive cruise, even though this was not during a holiday. It was definitely a Christmas vibe. They didn't crush it with the Christmas music, but it was awesome. We loved it. Christmas in Blue Chair Bay was a big theme for our group, but that'll be spoken about more during the excursions. Um, DJs a lot of times. I'll say the DJs were talented. The DJs need to learn one thing. Um very very skilled dj very very sharp when it came to being able to mix and match and scratch and this and that a big thing with a dj though is they will make a mistake of trying to rely too much on their acrobatics as a dj being able to go from this song to that song whether it's wordplay a word from this song blends nice into a word from another song match the beats up we're off to the races all that stuff is fun that stuff is great. It's fun. But a big mistake that a DJ will make is relying or emphasizing that more than song selection. Multiple times, whether it was on the Lido deck or in the nightclubs, you would find that the dance floor would just clear up. It would just clear. The Serenity, the serenity Party, that thing ended early. And I don't think, like, like, first of all, it wasn't, the energy never got there at the Serenity Party. Because the song selection was just bizarre. It was just weird. And yeah, you could tell there was so much, <clears throat> I guess, um, focus on going from one song to the other. Cool, smart transitions. And they were good. But it just did not, it didn't necessarily work from the standpoint of like I'm me. I'm the type of DJ, you give me a microphone, you give me a laptop, and a fo- I just play songs. I don't even care about the transition half the time. They forget once their song comes on, they forgot about how they got there. Yeah, I try to mix. You try to mix as much as possible. But I always knew that as a DJ when I when I was doing that a little too much, when I was focusing a little bit more on going from one song to the other, or I wanted to play this next song because it flows nicely from the other song. Meanwhile, I could tell that this was not the right song for this crowd. They didn't want to hear this. Based on the last eight songs I play, I know what they want to hear. But I'm going to go in this different direction because it works well with the transition. Big mistake. Shouldn't do it. Um, but that's it. That's it. That's all I'll say for this one. No, pr- You guys got a week off from the marketing. I didn't hit you with any advertising this week. That's going to change. I'm going to hit you back again this week. We're going to do another show. And that show is going to be all about the time on land and anything maybe I think I might have forgotten. Maybe the guys will hear this. JP, Joe Kokomo, Doug Parker the crew maybe they'll listen to this and they'll remember something that i left out as it pertains to the ship if they do i will include it on the next show other than that i will absolutely just be talking about uh off the ship st thomas puerto plata grand turk jack shack you better run for cover jack shack i'm coming for you be warned jack shack you're gonna take a beating what I say? St. Thomas. Yeah, St. Thomas and San Juan. Anyway, well, there's a little bit of a long one. A little bit of a long one straight through, mostly on the ship stuff. Overall, like I said, in conclusion, 
fabulous time. Fabulous ship. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Great time, great company. So, so, so happy. I'm glad I, I got a chance to do that cruise. You guys are the absolute best. Boat drinks, cones. We got some mistletoe Hung from the bow of the boat Stockings are filled with sunshine rays It's Christmas in Blue Chair Bay There's lights up in every pond My soul like the sea is calm we're going to the boat parade It's Christmas in Blue Chair Bay Everybody raise the glass With me right now To all of those up in the snow From all of us down south Tis the season for believing Faith and family Wish you were here with me We've cleared out a place in the sand For Dancer and Prancer to land We saved a boat slip for Santa sleigh It's Christmas in Blue Chair Bay Everybody raise a glass with me right now To all of those up in the snow From all of us down south Tis the season for believing In faith and family Wish you were here with me About to see a little nothing from drinking rum. Oh, I think I'll sit right here, pray for a peaceful year. Lots of love, happy holidays to you from Blue Chair Bay. Merry Christmas from Blue Chair Bay. La 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 Lots of love, happy holidays to you from Blue Chair Bay. Merry Christmas from Blue Chair Bay.